During a crisis, you know, cocktail hour can be almost any hour. Make me burp. Let's start. So, so who are you? I'm Nell. Who are you? I'm Stephanie. What is this? What is this? This is the Boozy Sitters Club, where we drink booze, we reread the Babysitters Club books, and we talk to you about them. All true. All true. We also tend to talk about does the themes hold up? There's a lot of feminism. I don't know. We're on episode seven. You probably know what's happening at this point. Eight. I can't count. <laughs> I only know that because I asked you before. But <laughs> we're on episode eight. Episode eight. Oh god. Boy Crazy Stacy. Oh my god, girl. I loved this book, just have to say. I did. Loved too. it from like a this is the most ridiculous, but loved it. Uh, there were so many things, and I know it started last episode, but like again, because it's at the Jersey Shore. I just wanted clams the whole time. I- <laughs> so I'm going to, because we've written reminders to ourselves, I'm mm-hmm. going to take that reminder just to take this moment to say, if you are listening to this and you enjoy it, please hop on wherever you found us and subscribe if you haven't already. Rate and mm. give us a nice little review. Yes. Please. If you want more of this clam-based podcasting, please rate, review. Come for the Come for the booze. Stay for the clams. Anyway, Boy Crazy Stacy. Boy Crazy Stacy. Last time we speculated. Well, first we speculated about a man named Seamus. We did. We really really have a lot of gun running speculations going on, and it never comes true. Look, a girl can dream. But you did speculate correctly. I did. That, um... Stacy was going to leave Marianne a little bit in the lurch because she was obsessed with boys. Sure. I mean, I don't think that that was a huge leap to make. One from the no cover art, two from 13-year-old girls. Um, I would like to take a moment to say in the last episode, we did talk a little bit, speaking of cover art, of how the cover art for Claudia and Mean Janine did not really make a ton of sense because no, there was not. a small, potentially Aryan nation boy <laughs> on it as well. I still but don't understand him. When I went back, I I think this is a case of there is various cover art floating there because when I went back and looked again um, on the digital copy, it's mm-hmm. just Claudia and Janine kind of yelling at each other, which mm. made a whole lot more sense. That so yes. I think... First edition, second edition, digital edition, they may all have, have different, different ones. Yeah. So just wanted to kind of point that out in <laughs> so, case anybody is reading it on their own going, what are they talking a small about? Aryan Asian boy. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, this cover was accurate, at least the one we had to a degree. Was, I mean, was he wasn't enjoyable. 45. No, but might it, well, I've got some thoughts on that, but um, he was not 45. He was older. He was um, older. He was not in the written description wearing like, you know, pleated khakis, which it which kind of that appeared was, like he did on yeah. the cover. But but yeah, so basically we we ended the previous book with Marianne and Stacy accepting a two week mother's helper job with the Pike family in I still can't remember, Sea City? I think yeah, I think it's Sea City, yes. Sea City, New Jersey, fictional town, I think we decided. Um, yes, which in the author's note, she did like... Oh, that's right. She did like say she based it off of like Wildwood and something else, which we also talked about. So if you're not yes. familiar with the Jersey Shore, all of this is lost on you. None of these places are exactly like fist-pumping Jersey Shore that you saw. Google it. It's fine. Yeah. There's lots um, of fried clams. And at least in, At least in my Jersey Shore, there were. So good. So good. Um, so they go on this two-week trip. 
Um, they are doing mother's helper stuff for the Pikes for all eight of the kids so that the parents can have some time alone um, and or just some help. And while they're there, Stacy develops quite the crush on mm-hmm. the uh, lifeguard Scott. Scott? I think Scott. We'll go with Scott. And in a surprise twist that we apparently also saw coming, uh, Marianne meets uh, a guy who is a mother's helper for another family. Yes. Totally blanking on his name. We'll call him boy mother help, but mother's helper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was a lot to say, so we'll just call him boy mother. <laughs> All our dedicated listeners out there. I'm but kidding. before Marianne meets the boy, she, Stacy does keep dumping all of the Pike duties pretty much on Marianne, who is rightfully pretty cranky about that. So, yes. um, while you look for the name, should we mm-hmm. throw it to Fair Lewis to do the back cover read? Let's do it. Let's do it. Read, Lewis, read. Stacy and Marianne are mother's helpers for the Pike family for two weeks at the New Jersey Shore. Things are great in Sea City. There's a gorgeous old house, a boardwalk, plenty of sun and sand, and the cutest boy Stacy has ever seen. Marianne knows that Scott the lifeguard is way too old for Stacy, but Stacy's in love. She fixes Scott's lunch, fetches his sodas, and spends all her time with him, instead of with the Pike kids. Suddenly, Marianne's doing the work of two babysitters, and she doesn't like it one bit. How can she tell Stacy that Scott just isn't interested without breaking Stacy's heart? Well, thank you, Lewis. That was charming. Delightful. Delightful. So what you drinking? I'm drinking a pina colada. Ooh. It's a... A shaken version because, as I mentioned earlier, it turns out I don't have a blender. But also I didn't want to go like full on like mix or anything. So it's pretty simple. Um, Rum, pineapple juice, and cream of coconut, Hmm. which I found in the uh, canned milk aisle. It's not (laughs) coconut milk. It's like a sweetened. It's I think it's kind of like a a condensed milk. But pineapple thing. But coconut. Coconut, sorry. Whatever. Is um, it with a little, vegan? little squeeze of lime. Is it like actual, like a cream or is it a coconut thing? It's, um... I don't know why I'm curious if it's a vegan beverage. I believe it is a vegan beverage. I, I'm pretty sure it's a, like they do, they sweeten the coconut milk. It's pretty good. It looks good. The weather here today is gloomy and it not is. at all summery. And I think in my head I was... Like, oh, I'm going to make a summer cocktail and it's going to be beachy and blah, blah, blah. It's it's not. It's just blah and humid and gray. But accurate. Bring in the sun with it. Accurate. What are you drinking? I, I, I've brought in a new spirit to the pod. <gasps> Can't wait. I'm drinking a mint julep. Ooh. Our first bourbon beverage. Yeah. So I have this. I have a million cocktail books that I really need to like pay more attention to. Um, But I have the essential New York Times cocktail recipe book. And so I picked it up because I was like, you know what? I should I should use this as a tool. Oh, dear listeners, what you're not seeing is Piper is all up in my business. Oh, what are you doing? Hi. I like tulips. Yes. Maybe I could sniff your breath. Yes. So I have the essential New York Times cocktail book, and it literally has all the essential cocktails. All the essential cocktails and more. Like, I forget the dates, but it's like every cocktail that showed up in the New York Times Mm. for like decades. That's cool. It's very cool. And they split it up into different sections based on the alcohol, but then they also have subsections. So there's like a whole fizz section and there's like even recipes in there before we started writing recipes for cocktails the way we do. So it's like historical mm. ones. So yep. I don't know. I just, just because it is a little rainy, I was like, mm, let's have some bourbon. And then I yeah. I settled on the quintessential outdoor 
refreshing well, southern I cocktail. Think, I do think we're either on purpose or not. I do think we've started with a lot of the classics. Yeah. One, they're not difficult. Like the yeah. classics for a reason. They taste good and they're pretty easy to make. You know, it doesn't require going out and buying a new mixer yeah. or a new type of liquor or something every single time. And but it's kind of nice. It is nice. And they had a whole bunch of different takes on the mint and julep. And I was going to make one that they feature that I can't remember the name of it right now, but it was a take on one from a bar in D.C. from like the 30s or 40s. And I didn't fully read the whole thing until I was about to make it. And they're like, and then top it with powdered sugar. And I was like, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so. Oh, I forgot I was supposed to top mine with a sprinkle of cinnamon. I mean, you oh, well. could go. Round two. Could, round two. We'll, we'll compare and contrast. Yeah. So I went with right above that was the quintessential Kentucky Derby classic mint julep. And is this with mint from your garden? Yes. This is mint from my container garden on my balcony. The funny thing is the recipe in there is like makes eight cocktails. I'm like, well, I'm going to make one, maybe two. So basically all you do is you take some mint. They were very specific on the number of sprigs, but you could just put in however much mint you like. Feel the mint spirit. Yep, a little bit of simple syrup. Muddle the crap out of that. Meow, meow, meow. That's a cat muddling, I guess. Put two ounces of bourbon in, and this is where my blender came in handy. To make a mint julep a mint julep, it has that, like, shaved crush ice. Mm -hmm. So I spent a lot of time crushing ice. So that's what we're drinking. We'll take a wee break, and we'll come back, and we'll jump right into the book. You may be asking yourself, why is the audio quality on this ad so poor? Well, when you're working on a shoestring budget and the cord of your mic craps out, you improvise. Now you're asking yourself, why do I care? You care because you love independent media and you get excited like a sophomore whose braces just came off every time a new episode of your favorite pod pops into your feed. So if you want to help make sure all the cords work and hosts don't go hungry, consider donating to help support an independent creator that is important to you. It doesn't have to be us. We'd love it to be us. But if there's another pot out there that warms the cockles of your heart, support them. If you want to help us make sure the cocktails keep coming, head on over to our Patreon page and become a member. And until then, cheers. Okay, so we're back. We're and back. We're ready to talk about babysitting. So we've already established that you love the book. Love it. I mean, yeah, no, I loved it. I had issues with it. Like, I think part of the reason that I loved it was it felt very familiar in a lot of ways. I think like yeah. as you get older, I think you forget about the feelings that you have at different stages in your life. Whose, fe whose feelings? What feelings? All of them. The like, crush feelings I think or the Marianne feelings? Both of them. Like I think yeah. that I felt I probably, and this is getting out of order of our outline, but I think... 12-year-old me probably would have identified more strongly with one or the other, depending on what was happening in my life at that time. But mm -hmm. adult me, I think, could see both of them and say, I remember feeling that way at different stages of my life independently, but I could look at it a little bit more objective. So, Well, this was the first book where I did not want to murder Marianne. Good. I understood her. I was there with her. I feel like growing up and even now to a degree, I am the Marianne in that situation. Sure. And because even though I'm like, yeah, I'm the creative one. I'm doing crazy things. Rock and roll, motherfucker. Like, I am the one where like, when there is a job to be done, don't let the boys get in, in the way. No. And don't go fucking getting sodas because he asked you to. What are you doing, girl? So annoying. So I also very much enjoyed this book. It was fun, even though I was like, Stacy, you're being a really bad friend. <laughs> like a really bad friend. Yes. She yes. And such I think, a bad friend. Oh, God. She was so bad and like did not see it. No. At all. Didn't see it. Was like, what is wrong with you, Marianne? Like, literally, they're there for, like, two days. Also, poor Marianne was like, I'm just going to go out, and I'm not going to really cover up that much. And she got burned like a lobster. 
But then I think I'm pretty sure we also learned she just has a sun allergy because she covers up and she's like, oh, yeah, we're going to like it's a couple days later. And then her sunburn goes away, but she doesn't get tan. And every time she goes into the sun, she gets red and splotchy. I think that's just being uber white. Uh, I mean, I'm uber white. And yes, there are some people that will never like it will never tan. But either way, Marianne can't stay out in the sun. No. And I enjoy that she like ended up then wearing like a calf tan. Yes. Stacy is not doing her job. No. Number one. She's flirting with this. I mean, I, I'm going to use air quotes in this. She thinks she's flirting. <laughs> she thinks she's, she's trying. Flirting. She's. This is how one learns to flirt, I guess. Like, it just is. Yeah. It's cringeworthy as you're reading it. And she's literally like, just hey, like, hey. hey. And she thinks like, so when she first goes up and she sees him and she's like approaching, there's this other group of girls there and he like called her cutie and they like shrank away and she was like, oh, he must really like me. Yeah. And then she (laughs) turns around, she goes back to Marianne and she's like, Marianne, I just met my husband. And this is in the book and the series, and it cracks me up. And Marianne goes, I thought my rug was your husband. <laughs> yes. And she's like, and he's really old. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she's like, he's too old for you. So I think we've, we all, we established now that they're all 13. I think they've all turned 13. I think they've all turned 13 and he's 18 and he's about to go off to college. Right. He's, and so at that he's point, also from Princeton, so I know this Scott very well. Sure. At that point, I was like, okay. He plays lacrosse. And yes, 100%. <laughs> at that point, when it was determined that he was 18, and I think they do, I think they do confirm that. It's not just Marion being like, he's like 18 or whatever. He's yeah. actually 18. Yeah. That was where I was like, okay. We're now in what you call statutory rape situation. And I know that that book is like, this book isn't going there and whatever. And I know that, again, jumping ahead, like 2020 things may be seen a little bit differently. And ultimately... I don't think so. I think it was written to to show you exactly what that situation was, even then. That's gross. And it's not yes. like he was doing any, he wasn't doing anything that he was hitting on her. He was literally just like, oh, this no, girl has a crush her. on me. I'm just going to use her to get me sandwiches and sodas. He and his friend were completely using her. And I think ultimately, yes, I think the book and N.M. Martin, because we're still not on a first name basis, do a really good job of writing it in a way where if you were Stacy's age while you're reading the book, you might get pulled up in that, in those feelings of understanding yes. and being like, I'm 13, 18 isn't too old for her. It's not too old for me, blah, blah, blah. But then as you as you read it and you see all the things, yeah. it is clear and, and she understands it's clear that that's not an appropriate age no. difference at those ages. And I think, and I think it all goes back to again, who you identify with, because I think me reading it at like 12, 13 would have also been like, that's gross. Like, that's just gross. Because I was, I was just that kid that I was like, there's no reason why you, old man, <laughs> should be into me. This is also probably why I'm not a good candidate for kidnap, as we've talked about, because I have a really, I can't, I give you the up down just because, like, no. And don't... And I also, even at that age, would have been like, I'm not fucking getting you shit. Get it yourself. Get it yourself. Whereas I... I am not that bitch who's going to sit in the kitchen and make you a goddamn sandwich or bake you a pie unless I want to bake the fucking pie. That was a lot of curse words, but I feel that strongly. And I felt that strongly then. This is probably why I didn't date a lot in high school. (laughs) Because I'd be like, go pick your own shit up. Whereas I, not to get into that depth of it, um, but I think I was probably the 13-year-old who saw a 16, 17, 18-year-old, maybe not 18, but like that at that point, that's a freshman in high school, senior in high school difference. Yes. 
And so, like, I can see the I saw I see freshman it. in high school, like, being like, ooh, now I think I knew that person is too old for me. And more importantly, they will never be interested in me because they're not my age. And I think that was what I think amused me with the whole Stacy thing is she is all in. Oh my she God. is convinced that this is now her summer fling. He is going to sweep her off her feet and they are in love. And I think as an and this is where it's like as an adult. So we just went over how I would feel as like a child. And I'd be like really angry because I had people in my life who would do things like that. And I remember being so infuriated by it, by their behavior and by the dude's behavior that I would just be like blinded by that rage. And now as an adult, I actually am like, I see, well, I was not that girl i now understand that better and see where it is and it's a little bit more like oh bless well i think too the funny thing is me as a kid i probably would have seen someone older and been like oh they're so cute like i would have thought they were cute but i probably would have been like you're gross like don't touch my body sure (laughs) i think i would have i don't want to get pregnant I was very not into getting pregnant. I mean, I think (laughs) most people were. What I'm what I'm trying to say is I think I at that age definitely would have had a double standard because I Mm. think I would have if there was somebody that I liked and there was that age difference, I would have in my mind been more like Stacy was in this book of we're clearly getting married. This is the love story of all time, Mm. blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm, But if mm -hmm. a friend of mine was like, oh my God, look at that hot 18 year old. I would have been the first person to be like, they're way too old for you. Clearly this is not a good idea. Let's talk this through and let me explain why this is not going to happen. Yes. Yes. I also think some of where my visceral reaction to some of this is, and even then, I, not to get too much into puberty, but like, I, um, I don't know, I had boobs really early. So I was always very conscious of male attention. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Going, I'm a child. You're gross. Sure. My boobs are mine. All valid statements. So like, I was like, hyper aware of that in a way that I don't think most girls my age had to be. Sure. Because most girls in sixth grade still... We're figuring that out. We're growing and developing. She has to pee. (laughs) May I go take her to pee? Please do. Okay. I actually think now before she doesn't love me, she just has to pee. Also a thing. I'm going to take you. I'm, I'm coming. You don't have to come the other way. We interrupt your regularly scheduled programming to bring you news about Pod Pup to the stars, Piper Lee Barrymore. Regularly heard on the Boozy Sitters Club, jangling and breathing heavily, Piper Lee has decided to interrupt this broadcast to tell you about something very important. Piper Lee is using her platform to encourage every U.S. citizen to do their civic duty and register to vote. November is just around the corner, so be like Piper and make your needs known and vote. This message is brought to you by Puppies for Positive Change. Remember, be kind and skip that poop. Due to some technical pee difficult, Lit Piper literally took a wee break. So thank you for going on that journey with us. And I think all the levers are... The levers. The levers are off now. Sorry, I got tongue-tied. So what were we talking about? Oh, I was talking about boobs, but I think that thought is done. Yeah. I had boobs, so I didn't want people to touch me. Seems I fair. Think is where I, that was I, going. I mean, I think we still have boobs, and we still don't want people to touch us uninvited. Uninvited. Um. So I would like mm-hmm. to talk about, and when I say talk about, I mean I would like to hear you talk about and probably interject a little bit. 
Okay. Okay. My specialty? No, no, no. Because I have a feeling like I have some, I have some deep thoughts, but I feel like you're going to have deeper thoughts on what I want to talk about. Um, I would like to talk about the vivid description of the shore, the entertainment and the main drag. Okay. Because I have thoughts about it. I feel like it evoked a lot of like nostalgic mm -hmm. feelings and a lot of, I know exactly what that looks like, smells like, tastes like, but in a way that probably is a little bit different than you. Yes, and I also think it depends on where you go. So, I mean, not to get too much into the minutia of shore towns, because... No, let's do it. I think but I'm going to guess one, that people want at least a brief synopsis of shore towns. So, I was really far away from the mic. So, like, okay, my reading the whole thing the whole time, it was a little off for me because, like, I think I mentioned before, we would go to Point Pleasant. And Point Pleasant wasn't exactly set up in the way that Sea City was described. And she did say at the end, I think it's based on Wildwood. And I know in the last time I said that my mom went to Point Pleasant, I'll have to ask her. I think it was Wildwood that they went to. Well, and this is where I'm getting to. Once I read in the author's note that she based it off of Wildwood, it made perfect sense. Because Wildwood is more set up in that way that it's like a main drag strip. Then there's like, there's not as big as like a boardwalk or anything like in Point Pleasant or um, what the hell's the other place? The trashier place. God, I can't remember. It is it where I went after prom. Can't help you with not that Not classy. God. Uh... But all the food and whatnot was spot on. Yes. Ocean City? Seaside Heights? Cape May? Seaside! Yeah, that's what it was. Seaside! Yeah. Seaside had a Seaside had a better boardwalk, but it was a little trashier. <laughs> Seaside had more stuff on their boardwalk. Sure. Point Pleasant was more for, like, families. Yeah. Even though there was that episode of Queer Eye with the DJ from Point Pleasant. And the funny thing with that for me, so he, like, DJed at Club... Jenks, yeah. So like Jen- everything on Point Pleasant Beach is like named Jenkinsons. I guess that's who owns it. And it's like they just add on random stuff that don't necessarily all go together. Well, I like the but idea, but they do go together. I like the idea, but they all have some sort of Jenkinsons. I like the attached. idea that if you're gonna go out for your fancy white tablecloth dinner, you're gonna go to Jenkinsons. But if you're going to like go to the club, you're going to go to Jenks. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I, I like that every, like, if you're saying, like, that's the, you know, and there's probably, like, a. I mean, every time I talk about fried clams, I'm talking about. Yeah. And the raw bar, yeah. I'm talking about their raw yeah. bar. Or, no, Martell's. <laughs> okay. I don't think that's what you people are here for. You never is know. me reminiscing Clam about. Um... But I think, so I, I think there's a, a, like, I went to summer beachside towns in like on Cape Cod and a lot Which of Which is them, very different. Well, but in some ways not. Some ways are the same because we would also go to Maine every year and it, it, same but different. The boardwalk, the Jersey, the Jersey Shore and the boardwalk in particular for as much crap as people give New Jersey, there is nothing like that literally anywhere I've been in the world. Yes. Which I know sounds, I'm not, I'm not being, what's the word? Snobby? Not snobby when you're being Elitist? hyperbolic. Oh. I'm not being hyperbolic. Sure. I've been to a lot of places in the world. Yeah. This is the snobby part. And I've been to a lot of seaside locations. There is nothing quite like the boardwalk at the Jersey Shore. Yes. And it's not just all guidos and fist pumping. Right. And I think that's There's what. something magical about think- it. It's probably also why I like Bob's Burgers. It's that's actually if you need a reference that's for like real real Jersey Shore yeah. Bob's Burgers. <laughs> but I think there are elements like, you know, any summer, any towns that make 90 percent of their money during the summer months, there mm-hmm. is familiarity in how they describe this. And yes, I think some of the wording and some of the like the things that they use are particular to New Jersey, like. Mm-hmm. I think the fact, like, 
they make a big point of saying that Mr. Pike explained like this is the main drag. That is yeah. That's a very that's a very Jersey like we're racing hot rods. Right, but like kind of that thing. to me is something that like growing <laughs> up, I always I just knew what that meant. But then I was like, oh, that's not a term that people use for other things. But like, yeah, it's very particular. And but there are other things like there are the gift shops. And the mm-hmm. um, mini golf, and there's all those things that in any the burger garden, burger garden, like with the mushroom <laughs> stools, and they have these little yeah. tables that clearly are meant to entertain kids while families are there, and you know, yeah, there's all of these elements that I think are common to summer towns, which yes, or at least on the East Coast, I will say East Coast because I have not. Spend a ton but I think the way she wrote about it also was kind of the way I remembered those similar vacations and in a way that I feel like if you were not from New Jersey, you could see why people would want to go there. Right. Whereas there's so many depictions of it is just like trash town. <laughs> yes. And it's like these girls from Connecticut were excited. They had fun. They, you know, they, they met a, went on, a cute lifeguard. They met a cute lifeguard, even if he was total jerk, being horribly misogynistic. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they went on rides and got boardwalk food yeah. and they had just kind of classic fun, summer, American fun. summer fun. Yeah. And I think so to me where that really came through was so Stacy is obsessed with Scott, the horrible lifeguard. Slash lacrosse player. Slash lacrosse player. But she does, so they, they go out for the night. They take the, uh, they get an, they get the night off, I think. The Pikes are yeah, like, get, hey, take the night off. They get two nights off. Yeah. So they go, they have their, you know, they get wear their cutest little sundresses. They, they're going Marianne out. Marianne wears Daisy's clothes. I mean, that's what being I 13 mean, is all about, borrowing your friend's clothes. I never fit in any of my friend's clothes. Again, I had boobs. They didn't. I did until the end of high school when I just kept growing and everybody else stopped. That was the other thing. I had boobs and I was like a foot shorter than all of them. <laughs> so it was like really confusing. But so they go out and Stacy's still like googly eyed and she and I feel like this is such like a painfully exact representation of a 13 year old crush. Painful. She decides to buy him a present. Yes. And she can't decide what to buy him. And she finally decides she's going to buy him this heart-shaped box of chocolates that is above her budget, but it's the yeah. perfect way for her to express her feelings. And I was just like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Stacey, don't. Stacey, don't. And she literally buys it, walks out of the shop. She says something to Marianne. Marianne's like, wait, don't. And she turns around and she sees Scott making out with a age-appropriate girl on a bench. Yeah. And she basically drops the chocolates, is out of Let's there. Let's call her... Heather. Oh, I was going to go with Brienne. I felt that was more New Jersey. Oh. Yeah, maybe. I feel like Heather's very <sighs> 80s. Brielle. That's the chick from A Housewife. Yeah, that was pain. I, I did... I felt for her. I felt so bad. But to her credit, it kinda, she took it and was like, okay, now I see. Yes, but she was still kind of a B to Marianne about it. Like, it was Marianne's fault. Yes. But I feel like Marianne understood why. She did. And I will say the one thing that did annoy me about Marianne was at the end... How quickly she was like, it's fine. How quickly she said it was fine, and then she actually apologized to Stacy yes. for her behavior. Yes. And I was like, you did nothing wrong, no. Marianne. No. She stuck you with all of the work and kind of acted like a little brat the whole time. Yes. Yeah. I will say this is one of the few ones that didn't have like a million subplots to subplots, but... No. It did have a lot of postcards. <laughs> yeah. And what I enjoyed about the postcards was back to like, it shows different personalities. Stacy's postcards to Claudia versus Stacy's postcards to Christy yes. were very different. Like the ones to Claudia were like, 
Oh my god. I met the cutest boy. His name is Scott. He gave me a present. I can't wait to show it to you. And to like Christy, they're like the kids are fine. Byron doesn't like the kids are fine. Byron doesn't like the water. And and then and the reason the day after the like incident with Scott, she just wrote like K. Everyone's fine. S. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And the reason, so Christy's staying home. Claudia's going to Vermont for art school. No, it was vacation with Mimi, and she ends up babysitting children because then at the oh, end. Oh, that's. No, but it was still in Vermont. Stay- I think. It wasn't Vermont. Not for the yeah, art thing, Ver- though. No. It was because then when Stacey asked her, Claudia, did you meet any cute boys? Right. And she was like, yeah, this three-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> we got real close. But they, babysat him. they decide to send postcards to each other in order to keep, instant, since they won't be writing in the book, that's right. the way that they keep, like, keep everybody informed, particularly of the Pikes. I think it started when Christy was like, well, let's send postcards and that way we'll write it down in the book so that we still know, we still get the idea of any information, the knowledge. And then Dawn and Claudia take up babysitting jobs on their vacation. I mean. So they write back. I also enjoyed Marianne's postcards to Dawn that were like, she didn't say this, but she was implying, dear Dawn, Stacy's being a bitch. Please burn this postcard so she never sees it. She's like, never, ever show her this. Which I thought was funny. And I think the equivalent of now is when you text somebody something and you're like, please, please delete this. Please. I need to get this out, but I need you to delete this. Yeah, Yeah, I, I do think. So I think the subplot if there is one, was that because the book was from Stacy's point of view, when when Marianne was, she was looking at what Marianne was doing and she kept seeing Alex, the mother's helper, and she was like, Ugh, and then there's this like other boy and he's helping and blah, blah, blah. And like, she doesn't need my help because he's there and he's helping. And one, and I don't know if this is like the adult point of view or not, but I was like, girl, like, just go talk to your friend. She's flirting with that little boy over there and she's doing a better job than you're doing. Like, oh, yeah. And that's 100% the adult point of view because she did not, she did not see what Marianne was doing. And honestly, I don't even think Marianne, oh, no, Marianne knew what Marianne was doing. But it was just the like, Stacy could see that she was interacting with yes. a boy. But I think but because- But she thought the boy was nerdy. Right, so right. he wasn't- she didn't like and him. And then later so. she was like, upon further inspection. Yes. Because then he had a cousin. And Yeah, after after Scott broke her heart, he had a cousin. Right. So then the last their last from night, like Lawrenceville. Don't trust boys from Lawrenceville. I mean, here's the thing. They're better than boys from Hamilton. Don't trust boys, period. Especially in the thirteen to eighteen year old age range. True. I think that's part of the fun of summer, whether you are at the beach for a couple of weeks that is or true. you're at summer camp or whatever. Like, I think that's the first time when you start to realize that you can be whoever you want to be. Like, you can kind of reinvent yourself oh, and you can, yeah. you meet people and you don't know anything about them. And it's when you start to realize, oh, I thought you were this like exotic person from who had all these different yeah. experiences and in fact you live in the town next to me or your cousin is so and so and he right. goes to school with my friend so and so like it's this weird or you're the dude that runs the deli counter and we're trying to hide it right there's nothing wrong with the deli counter but you were not upfront about the deli counter um but it's also if you are trying to present yourself as this yeah, no, I agree. It is summer is when you're a kid. That's the time when you start to like realize you can be whoever you want to be, particularly if you're going on a vacation or camp or even just your neighborhood pool. Like you don't have to be who you had been in school. And I think that's where Marianne goes because she she's been talking to this kid and then she's like, oh, wait, I'm not horrible at this. I'm going to go into the yeah. tunnel of love. Oh, yeah, that was I reading that. I also remember thinking to myself that like, on the one hand, I always really wanted to go on one of those. But then on the other hand, I would always think about how dirty they must be. Like I, I mean, it probably did not smell good. No. And I realized like I've gotten much better as I've gotten older. But like, I had this like, phobia of like, 
fluids and sticky things and had yeah i've gotten better about it that like i'm just like uh some of those things are i mean they're still gross but like not in the same way i don't know where i'm going with this might want to cut this (laughs) i think i just think the description of marianne in the tunnel of love was very what one would want a tunnel of love to be it was quiet and romantic and secluded and it was an opportunity for the boy she liked to lean over and give her a little I will say for whatever reason this this book did remind me of all of my fears of becoming an unwed teenage mother which is ridiculous because it's not like I literally I was not sleeping with anybody in high school so I don't even know why this it was such a fear that retrospectively i think i missed out on a lot of potential like meet cute opportunities sure. because i was like pregnant baby <laughs> stay it was stay six so, feet away i don't want the corona was, or a baby thank you it was and good like night. i don't know it it really freaked me out well on that note May I ask you a question? Yes. What would you rate this book on, as on our scale? I 100% rate this all of Claudia's hats. I really enjoyed yeah, it. I did too. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad no one got pregnant. I'm really glad Marianne got her first kiss. I am a little disappointed in her. Like I said, that she apologized to Stacy. That was bullshit. Yeah, there were things that I got real angry about when I was reading it. Like the age difference thing made me really angry as I was reading it. Because at first I was like, ugh, this feels icky. In a way that, like, honestly, even if he had been 17, would not have felt as icky. But I, as yeah. I read it, I, I appreciated the, here's you know, how we're going. And I also think it's one of those things, like, you also have to remember that if you are freshly 18 and you haven't gone off to college yet, you're still in that high school mindset. Oh, I totally you're get You're not it. actually an adult. And I think for me, and I, I, I know similarly with you, we were both young for our grade. Yes. So I think it might have been, I know people that when they were a senior in high school, they turned 18. Yeah. But they were still like, they still had half of senior year. Oh, I knew seniors and (laughs) yeah, I knew 18 year old seniors who were not mature at all and probably were less mature than sophomores or freshmen or whatever. But so more to say, there were things that that's how you become an unwed teenage mother. I appreciated the journey of the book. And at the end of it, I really I liked it a lot. And I do think part of that is. This, it very much still holds up. Totally does. Because, and I think we've talked about this before, emotions are emotions are emotions. Yeah. It does not matter if you are 15 in, you know, 1912 or 15 in 2012 or 2020. I don't know why I just picked some random dates. I actually don't (laughs) think that it's 2012 right now. Those emotions, those hormones, those feelings, they're all going to be the same. And maybe they manifest themselves a little bit differently. Okay. I have to pee. Need to take a wee wee break. Okay, we'll get up very carefully. I'm going to make myself another cocktail because I think I deserve one. As two women who love a good accessory, we think that wearing a mask every day not only helps to save lives during this COVID pandemic, but it is another opportunity to step up your fashion game. If you agree, take a look at Octopi Crafts on Etsy. They have different styles of high quality cotton masks and a variety of handmade fabric goods like scrunchies and headbands. And because our listeners are special, you'll get 10% off all purchases with the code BOOZYSITTERS, all caps, all one word. So go find Octopi Crafts on Etsy, that's O-C-T-O-P-I, and get yourself some great new masks. And be kind to your fellow humans. So we're back. We're back. So good. Okay, well, you sucked down half of that new drink you could just made yourself. (laughs) Okay, so what was surprising to you? I'm going to say the surprising part to me was some of the initial ick feeling that I got from 
the Stacy Scott interaction. Just of the mm. like, yeah, I was like, oh, I didn't I didn't expect the book to give me that much like visceral. Oh, I'm not sure I like this. I understand that. I did not have the same visceral reaction to that. But I do think similarly, what was surprising to me was less what was going on in the book, because I think everything that happened in the book was actually pretty expected. Yes. What was surprising was how quickly reading it, I slipped right back into teenage girl being annoyed at another teenage girl mm. for letting a dude take advantage of her. Mm -hmm. That was surprising to sure. me. I did not expect to feel... And I think some of it is because as I've gotten older, the women I've chosen to surround myself by are all very similar in our strong independent lady stands sure. that I think I forgot what it was like to be interacting with another female who has a different perspective of femininity. That got real deep putting this on like children, but sure. that's like where my adult brain sure. went once I was like, why am I still feeling this right. way? Well, I do think there's something about... <laughs> and then I was like, Keep that in check because both viewpoints of femininity are perfectly valid. Yes. Just Stacy, that man is too old for you. It's like when Elsa finally was like, you can't marry a man you just met. I mean. You can't do that. True fact. I mean, you can, but that's 90 day fiance. Well, that's 90 days. Married at first. I don't know any of these shows. I just hear people talk about them. I think that just speaks to the fact that teenage emotions are so powerful and that's one of those things that parents can forget. Like you can forget what those emotions felt like and how strong they were and how overpowering they were. And mm -hmm. as adults, I think we have this, oh, I'm you know, going to step back and think about it and think about it in a really logical way. And there's very little that triggers those emotions for us as adults that trigger the same emotions in that way of like yes. reading it and seeing it from an outsider. I'm not saying we don't have those emotions because I think we do, but being able to take a step I mean, back, I clearly get just as irate about different things. Yes, but I guess I mean reading the book. I know what I know what you mean. I'm trying to be. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> okay. Are you done yet? No, I'm oh, not. Okay. It, it's starting to melt. It's really good. I see that. I'm not I judging. Think I, was, I think I was so frustrated. Sidebar, fans and family. I had a really traumatic experience recording this pod. It's been a... And I don't think I fully appreciated my first cocktail. The first cocktail is kicking in, mm -hmm. but I'm enjoying this second one. What was your most expected part? The whole plot was expected, but I didn't mind. Yeah. Like, I, I, I didn't mind. I think, you know, well, actually, let me go back to surprising because there was one thing that I, we haven't touched on and that's the Pike children at all. Oh, yes. And I think the whole, up until this point, they've made such a big deal about the triplets and that they're always doing things together and they're like three peas in a pod, mm -hmm. basically. And, Poor Byron was having some emotional He was finding himself, I'm sure. He was finding himself. And, you know, Stacy has a moment with him that does bring her clarity. It's different than the moment that's in the show, but it is still a moment where she kind of realizes everybody has their own fears, dreams, hopes, whatever. And it's just about navigating through them, and it could be different. So... Byron was, it turns out he was afraid of the waves. Right. It was just too much for him. But when they went to the bay where it was calmer, he was fine. And he explained to her that he was afraid to go too deep because what if there was a cliff and what if he fell off? And she, in a very mature moment, after being like boy crazy Stacy, is like, well, that could happen anytime. There could always be a cliff, but I'm here with you. It was a little metaphorically heavy handed, but... It was, but I, I think... I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. I think also when you think about the target audience, particularly if you're a 12, 13, 14-year-old girl who's feeling all of the feelings yes. 
I thought it was appropriate. As an adult, yes, I was like, this is a No, I do. But I thought that was a nice counterbalance to just the fun in the sun that we've been having. I also think (laughs) it's consistent with the books in that different babysitters are able to solve different children's problems. And so Stacy, for whatever reason, is able to kind of connect with Byron in a way that Marianne may not have been able to. Not that she wouldn't have been able to solve the problem, but I think that's one thing that kind of goes through these books is that each babysitter has a strength and different kids bring it out in them. Well, and I think for the most part, there are a lot of situations where Stacey is the mature one. We just happen to find an instance where she isn't. Yes. Which is, everybody has that. Other sidebar related to the Pike children. There's the one that thinks she's a poet Vanessa. now. Vanessa, which I was into. It was very funny. And I forget which poet they Elizabeth Barrett Browning likened her to. I've written it down. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but where I was like, the obvious choice. I was like, you have a Byron. Right? Like, but he's a... Like, no one wants to be like, be like Byron. Who? No. That's what I mean. Like. Oh, yeah. No, no one, one wants to do that. But I was like, yeah. is that what his name? Anyway. But yeah. So that was cool. Um, they mentioned her. They also mentioned two of my favorite books. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Which were this. No. The Secret Garden mm. and A Tree Grows mm-hmm. in Brooklyn, which was my mother's favorite book. And then I read it. And at first it wasn't a favorite. And I, as I grew older, I grew to appreciate it. At first I was like, this is sad. There's yes. death. I mean, there's death and everything. So. Oh, and I was supposed to tell you what it was expected. Oh, I told you the plot. I'm all over the place. This cocktail, man. It's so cool. good. Bring on the horses. Because mint julep Kentucky Derby horses. Just in case yes. anyone didn't make that leap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just looking out for our listeners. What was expected for uh, you? I mean, I think the plot. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say, I think that cover art really told a real quick story. It did. And I was, was a little disappointed because I think Scott in the book actually has dark hair. So yeah, I, wasn't I did feel like maybe the original illustrator could have done a little better job reading. But I think we have talked about that this book does hold up in 2020. It definitely does. There's it's all a, about emotions. It's, it's it's all about emotions. I mean, this one is not as complex as some of the other books have been, but I think it was fun. I think it holds up. Everybody, you know, everybody, you feel that way yeah. now. So I think it's it was and a good. It's who a good. Doesn't fun. love a burger garden, and, some mini golf, and some cheesy summer vacation trinket souvenir shops. Like for real, like. I was having some severe normalcy nostalgia yeah. here because I was like, I want to do all yes, of those things. I just want to go sit and- near people and eat food. Yeah. I want to wander in a store. Maybe I'll buy something. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll touch things. Maybe I won't. I can't do that right now. Yeah, you can't. Motherfucker. Anyway, so what's the next book? I don't know. Let's find out. The next book is The Ghost at Dawn's <gasps> I'm so House. so excited about this one. <gasps> this is like pre-Babysitter's Club Mysteries. Yes. It's, I'm pretty sure it's Ben Brewer haunting the crap out of Dawn. No, not Ben Brewer. Um, Dawn's. No, Ben Brewer is. Ben Brewer is Karen's. Dawn's uh, ancient farmhouse ghost. So what do we think happens there? It's at Dawn's house, so there's no mafia or gun running. There's not. But there's, there might be some vegan cheese. There probably is some vegan cheese. There's definitely an avocado or two. Um, Can we talk about avocados? I mean, sure. I like them in a guacamole, but I find the texture very uncomfortable in any other setting. I'm done. <laughs> okay. Do, do you want me to <laughs> tell you my thoughts on avocados? You can, or? <laughs> you can counter. My counter is I'm I just, also enjoy them in guacamole. My problem is not the texture, but the taste. So to me, an avocado, an eggplant, and a zucchini all fall into the same type of issue where there is a a mild, slightly objectionable taste, but it's mild enough that I'm not like, Ugh, I don't want this in my mouth. Mm. Like if it's on a sandwich or something, I'll be like, Ugh, fine, but I'm never going to add it 
alone. Mm. I do like an eggplant parmesan. Because it's but that's cheese just and cheese fried and, and fried sauce. But you're never going to be like, yeah, put a slice of grilled eggplant on my sandwich. Mm, no, I do oh, like no. eggplant. I do not. Okra, on the other hand. Where? I would put that in the same category. But they're all like mildly objectionable, oh. but not like a raisin. Yeah. Anyway, so the ghost, ghost of Don's, Don's house. house. So I'm going to say that I'm going to say, so Don's mom is notoriously scatterbrained and unor- disorganized. That's the word. Um, She's not punk. No, we've learned that right off the bat. She is not punk. So I, I'm going to say they're still unpacking. They're still trying to get the house in order and... They start to hear some noises. Don invites mm-hmm. Marianne mm-hmm. over for a sleepover. I think Karen or and yes. Morbid of Destiny come into play somehow. I don't know how, but I I just I really want that to happen. I hope there's a possession. I know there's not gonna be, but I okay. I hope there's a possession. There's not gonna be a possession, but I do think it's gonna be like a classic spooky mm-hmm. ghost story. Chains rattling in the there's attic. There's gonna be. Yeah, there's going to be mist. There's going to mm. be rain. Mm-hmm. Thunder? Mm-hmm. Thunder, lightning, the whole shabang. Is this going <laughs> to be, I'll be disappointed if if it is, is this going to be the phantom caller but with a ghost? I hope not. that would be a bummer. I want there to be, like, ghost in the attic. She's already got that, like, weird porthole light in the house. Maybe the house turns into a ship. Ooh. Like a ghost ship? Like pirates? Pirate ghost! (laughs) Yes. Done. Pirate ghost. I'm reading a book. Ooh. I have another thought. Can I interject? I think they go up in the attic because they're putting stuff up in the attic because Dawn's just like, Mom, you have got to put this shit away. And she finally is like, I'm going to start moving boxes. She starts moving boxes. I can't handle the bananas She on the stumbles anymore. upon a piece of paper or something like mm. tucked away in the eaves in the attic. And it's mm-hmm. not quite a pirate treasure map, but it's it tells you who built the house originally since we've said this was like an old house built in like the 1700s. Yes. And it was originally built by like a pirate of Stony Brook. Or they find an enchanted tri-corner hat. Yes. That transports them back to, when did they have tri-corner 1700s. Hats? 1780s. Yes. Y- yeah. I'm not fully mm-hmm. on board with mm-hmm. that, but I support it. Cool. So that's that. That's I have the a question, episode. though. This is going to be... Where does gun yeah, run? Yeah, go for it. It doesn't because Stacy's dad isn't okay. there. Moving on. And the Prezios and the Preziosos aren't there, so we don't have the Sicilian No waste element. management needed. Thank you. No waste management needed yet. So that's the show. This was a weird one. We're I'm sorry. We're so this sorry. This was real weird. We're s- the weather was weird. We're not used to it being overcast technical difficulties. In you guys don't even know. Like, you, it was a, a time. It was a f- fucking time, man. It was but a we time. appreciate. But we, we did, did it, it, and we appreciate you guys sticking with us through this. Um, if this, for yeah. some reason, is your first time listening to us, and you have made it this far, dear God, go listen, please to, listen another to another one. one. Like the one right before this, that was a good one. Um, the next one, it'll probably be better. Piper's. <laughs> <laughs> that I I tried to get a picture of that and she was too fast. Piper literally just shoved her nose into Stephanie's nose, stared at her real hard, and then shook her head. She um what you couldn't feel because this is a screen, she was just <laughs> She was sniffing. Was she your breath? My mouth was closed. She does this all the time. She just, she'll sometimes she'll sniff, sniff right under your nose or your mouth or your eyeball. And your you eyeball. think like a normal dog. Yeah. A normal dog would give you kisses. Not Piper. Is she just trying to like sniff your aura? What's happening? I have, n- I have no fucking okay. idea. We'll have to take a picture of Piper Ooh. and put her on the Question show. of the week. 
which I'm pretty sure nobody's answered any of our questions of the week yet. So no, if you, I, I think we should start doing them as, as posts. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Question of the week. What crazy ass thing does your dog slash other animal pet do? Yeah. So cheers. Cheers. Thanks for sticking with us. We'll see you next time. Bye.